Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Hello and welcome to the First Line Podcast. My name is Kyle Henning and I am joined by my line mates. A uh, recent addition from his long-term IR stint where he's playing like Kucherov in the finals. Oh wait, we're done with the season. Never mind. He, he can come back now and there's no salary cap ramifications. Uh, Mr. Adam Dinker is back with us and he's changed his Twitter handle now. So instead of AP Dinker, it's now Dinky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y, D-8-N-K over at Twitter. Uh, our other line mate, Ryan Feaster, is with us again, at Ryan underscore Feaster 19. Uh, Jen has subbed out for the evening. She had some prior engagements. So we're here to talk about, well, I'm going to let our friend over from Locked on Lightning, Mr. Dinker, uh, rant about his lightning for a minute. And then we're going to get into this psychotic expansion draft protection list and all of what is going to come forward on Wednesday. So with that, follow the podcast at SIA First Line all social handles and mr denker how are you doing well uh glad to be back it's been like what a month maybe two months since i've been on but back. Uh, yeah i know uh and uh finally back because of uh salary cap ramifications jen could not join us tonight so yeah we just production production uh the, the money could not handle it so, but glad to be on with you guys, and uh, yeah, what a way to come back and talk about the Lightning. I know I'm going to split the time with Ryan tonight talking about the Lightning and making the references, but... Uh, we haven't gotten enough of that on this podcast. No. Nah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, great run. I'm not going to go too crazy with it. Great run. Uh, it, this team just looked leagues better than what they did last year. Uh, everybody had a job to do, and they did it. It was simple as that, and I think that... Whoever says that the, these two championship runs aren't legitimate, um, you know, you, you, you don't know how difficult it was for these guys. I mean, there's tons of interviews and, and statements out there talking about how difficult it was last season in the bubble, but now these guys had to play every single day and, and all of that. So, you know what? Uh, glad it's over, though, so I could get some relaxation. But as I say that, we got the expansion draft coming up and the entry draft uh, right after. Yeah, no breaks. Not right no now. Breaks no breaks season, at all. But this offseason is not a normal offseason. This is going to be what we call a circus. Mr. Feaster, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well. I can't agree with more what he said. It's very true. I mean, as I pointed out last time, they've been trying to validate every cup this team's ever won in the beginning. They don't know how, how hard it is. They don't know what it takes. It's foolish. Grow up. Stop being children. The better team won. End of the day, better team won. 
Yeah, and I don't – for anybody that's still holding on to the better team didn't win that, you're drunk or willfully ignorant or whatever you want to call it. But most people didn't have Montreal in the playoffs, let alone the final. So let's call that what it is. They had a hell of a run. Congrats. Great job. But that Lightning team loaded front to back. We talked about it before the season even started. So it's not, not really news to anybody around here, especially you two. So I'm not going to hammer on it too much longer. Uh the parade was all nice and cute. The shirts, the Bud Light sponsorships, it was all good and fun. A little, uh, little wet from what I understand. I didn't really pay attention to the parade because, you know, Tampa. But. <laughs> it was a little of a slippery one out there. I don't know if I probably – Go ahead, Ryan. He's letting his Tom Brady hate get involved. That's oh, just not necessary. There we go. I'm so Tom tired Brady. of it. I don't have any problem. No, 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 no. no. I, I liked the Tampa Bay team that won with St. Louis and the Cavalier. Yeah, but ever ever since you showed up, I've had so many people who don't even know hockey just cry about it. So just shut up. Right? I, I have no problem. No, the, the, I don't like the Buccaneers, but that's not – I didn't – Brady is a separate issue. I'm tired of hearing about Tom Brady. that dude is too good at social media, and I'm starting to actually not hate him as much. So it's really difficult. He's, he's very good on social media. It's very difficult. He makes it harder to hate him when he's not – Mm-hmm. New England Tom Brady. Shall I put it like that? No, that's very accurate. Everything's a little lighter after some tequila. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, with that said, uh, we've got some GMs that I think were partaking in some of that tequila we were mentioning that didn't win the Stanley Cup when they did their protection lists. So let's look through some of these lists because, holy crap, some of the guys that are available. Where, where do we want to start? I'll leave it open to the floor here. I don't even – there's so many different – angles to go at this from um we can start goalies we can start unprotected superstars we can start uh, you, i mean there's a list you guys choose all i know is if i'm ron francis i'm laughing right now i'm sitting <laughs> in my office i got these lists and i'm laughing because this seems like some people let their children do it randomly and this team could be very very good if they don't mess this up yeah i i i think this is Guys tried to get a little too smart after the the con that the Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> pulled off a couple of years back, and, and they completely screwed this one up once again. So I guess we could go by position. We could start with goalies because that's just like a whole 30-minute conversation within itself. I mean, you're, you got Chris Drieger who is in talks. I, I don't know at the time of the recording if it's set in stone, but – He's in talks to sign with the Kraken. I, I, I saw something for about three and a half, maybe more AAV with him. I, I just think that maybe that's just recency bias with the Kraken. They see how he played against the Lightning in the playoffs, and they want to scoop this guy up. But other than that, you still have fantastic goaltenders, big names still available. You got Carey Price, who probably isn't going to go. I'd be shocked if he gets picked just because his knee's all messed up and he's getting surgery. You got uh, Kyle's guy, Matt Murray, who's available. Uh, <laughs> Kyle doesn't have squat. That boy is in <laughs> Ottawa, and he can stay there. There's no way on earth, Matt. If, if there are odds to bet that Matt Murray doesn't get drafted, go take that money. It's free money. And you got Jonathan Quick, who I think is a, still a fantastic goaltender, and Seattle would be really, really getting off on a terrible uh, terrible way to their franchise beginning by not picking this guy. I don't know how you guys feel about Jonathan Quick, but... <laughs> There's so many goalies on this list where I'm like, 
what do you do here? You're basically just picking contracts at this point because there's one at every tier. I'd say that was my problem is that there are too many good ones because Dubnik's available, Tuca's available, Brayden Holpe's available, Ben Bishop, who uh, even Vassy credits him with helping him in his development, how he plays the puck, who, as we all admit, is the best one in the league. I wouldn't mind having him. I know in his early years with Tampa, he faced a lot of shots. And just to have him mentor, if you are going to go with Dreger, give him an extra year behind Bish and kind of let him work with him and learn from him. I can't think of a better guy to learn from him quick. It, there are some really good goaltenders available. Yeah. That I can't believe we're out there. We didn't even talk about Minnesota leaving Kakanen available. And there's goalies all over. Like, John, like you have gold medals and Stanley Cups all over the place. And it's just a contract juggling at this point. Uh, you, you're going to pick a goal. You can take a goalie at that high-end range, the mid-end range, and the low-end range, and you got three goalies to pick from and what you do with them. That's either trade bait or whatever, because goalies are also a commodity at the deadline when teams are looking to push later. So it's just assets at that point. Do you would you overdraft at that point if that's the case? Would you take four instead of you know maybe three if they don't sign Drieger just because at least you have that one trade chip? If you can fit them in the cap, yeah, and I don't know why you wouldn't. Because you've got goalies like that that are available, you can basically get instant trade value out of one. When I was looking at the three I immediately wanted was Bishop, Dreger, and Cochran. Just because Cochran and Dreger are so young, and to have them both, I wouldn't, I'd keep all three with the team just to let them learn under Bish. And you say, Bish, I need a season, maybe two out of you, and then you can trade Bish later because those two are going to be with your team for a long time, whether you want to do the two goalie system and rotate them, or one of them shows that they're going to be a true number one. The only thing I would say here is I like Adam's point about quick is I think it could be a flurry situation where he goes someplace else and revitalizes his career, completely changes the narrative about what everybody's been talking about him for the last couple of years and completely fixes all of the optical viewpoints of that god awful team they stuck in front of him in L.A. for two or three seasons. And I would have to probably feel the same about Matt Murray. I mean, uh, Martin Jones, just because I think Martin I Jones. Say, is kind no, of, no, but Martin wrong. Jones, I think, has just been. Yeah, I've, I've learned to stop drinking and podcasting, Kyle. But uh, <laughs> I think that Martin Jones is just he's in hockey purgatory right now. This is San Jose is probably one of the last places you want a goaltender who still maybe has a little bit left in the tank to do something. And, and, and I think. Martin Jones probably celebrated as soon as he found out he was unprotected. And I was really low on Martin Jones for a couple seasons in a row because I couldn't tell if it was just the Sharks being awful or him being awful because he let in some goals that I was like, you just can't let those in. However, when you're facing 70 shots a night because you have a winger and a, and a winger and a center playing your top two de- or playing as two of your top six defensemen, that's a tough ask. So, yeah, and, and to your point, Purgatory, I have – several Sharks fans uh, I'm friends with, including the best man at my wedding. And he's like, yeah, I'm probably going to be a Kraken fan, to be honest with you. It's kind of same with Tuca as well, because that city is relentless towards him. They blame him for everything. And it's not his fault. I, if I were him, I wouldn't mind getting out of Boston. Boston's not an easy place to play, Tindy. And they are really high on the guy that's behind him, obviously, as they protected him. And they should be. He played really well. I just don't know that he's done it in a large enough sample size that I'm leaving Tukarask exposed. But that's me, not 
that GM. So since Jen's in here, can we rag on uh, Minnesota a little bit? Because I don't understand how that guy still has a job. We have to talk about Cam Talbot. Over what are you doing? I like Cam Talbot. I'm not protecting him. Not over not over Cockenden. You have the future of your team. Arguably, from what you've seen, he played unreal. How are you not protecting him? What are you doing? You're just, I think they're strictly banking on the fact that there's so many goalies available they won't take him, but I think that's a stupid gamble to take. But you couldn't know that when you made your list. I don't understand how you made that list. I agree. And unless they're planning on trading things to keep him from being taken and making them take someone else off that list, there's no way I'm leaving him out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a rough week for Minnesota. I don't know what's been going on with them, with the whole backlash sort of kind of, and I'm sure Jen will talk more about it on the next episode with Sutter and, and Parise, but I, I don't know if these guys were just throwing names against the wall, uh, throwing darts at names and see which one uh, hit which, and, and that's how they decide this list because even some of the players on this list for Minnesota that are, are good players and could really skate – they left unprotected. I don't. I don't know what the thought process is really down the road with this team. I mean, this is Minnesota's just been like this for a couple of years now. They just they they take one step forward and then they take four steps back. I mean, strictly looking through this list, I just struggle to see where the win is for them and some of these guys they're keeping and some of the trade offs that they left unprotected. Mm-hmm. Especially in like like we've already talked about the goal like Cam Talbot like I said I like Cam but no not at the expense of possibly losing Cockin you can't and unless your reasoning is well we have another young goaltender is unreal I don't care you haven't seen this guy at least you've seen Cockin in the NHL like, he's done it you do like, that's why I'm, that's why honestly if I were Florida I would have tried to get my owner to let me buy out Bob mm-hmm. well I, I mean we talked about it because. I like Dreger a lot better than I like Bob because Bob has not proven in the playoffs. He doesn't show up. He coasts the regular season. And you have Spencer Knight, too. So you're telling me you're going to have Dreger and Spencer Knight? I'd like that much better. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, where do you sit on that, Adam? I, I'm, I, Ryan and I have talked about this one. I fully agree with him that Dreger had to have been the guy you kept in buying out Bob Rossi. Yeah, I, I think that's a great move, um, hypothetically. I think, you know, just from, like, the little – little time that I saw both those guys during the the lightning series. I mean, it's very evident that Joel Quinville didn't have enough confidence in Bob to, to kind of lead that team to a win and play every game. I thought that Spencer Knight could potentially be the goalie goaltender of the the future for that franchise. I wanted them to go to him sooner. Yeah. I, I, I I think it really would have went down to also with those guys is that I think Joel didn't want to pull the plug too quickly on some on some of those guys, and that's really what led to the downfall because they were in that series with Tampa for the most part. Mm-hmm. That was the series that I was most excited for because of the matchup between the two rosters and how it laid out. Yeah, and, and Tampa Tampa struggled with the two goalie system throughout the season, and it was surprising that they didn't kind of didn't switch it up even a little sooner. Just the animosity between those two teams, and again, I was calling for Spencer much earlier. Yeah. Uh, we talked we talked about him when he played for Team USA. He was told, oh, you can't beat Team Canada. There's, what, 18 first-round draft picks. You have no chance. He looked bored, honestly. He that game was so yeah. impressive to watch. He looked he was, just, I'm here. They're there. Just his, they, his they're really good. I see all the accolades. That's cute. They're not scoring on me. Yeah, it doesn't just, 
just the way just the way he he shifts from post to post it's it's a thing of beauty really and he has something that i see in vassy like vassy if you watch him he's never rushed yeah Vassy's always where he needs to be at the time he needs to be the other goalies they look frantic they're trying just overreaching vassy's always calm it's it's always like poetry in motion and you kind of see that with spencer it's the same thing it's just always right time right place I don't yeah. know how you feel about when you used to watch Brodeur play, but that's how Brodeur was always a super under control all the time. No matter the chaos flying around him, he's in his movements and his positioning and moving around fluidly the whole time. Well, the great ones, I mean, I'm, let's not rush and say that Spencer Knight is the great ones, but all the great ones in hockey history, they always look like they're, they're, they're moving in slow motion, but that's because they just have this huge air of confidence in them that – that you know you still you saw it from spencer knight against team canada um obviously he has a ton of things that he needs to accomplish but i mean vazzy is a great comparison though yeah i i'm i'm excited to watch what spencer does and i think florida's gonna really enjoy having him that's gonna be fun to watch those two teams have those two goalies playing each other frequently because i think we're gonna see it a lot i just hope that they can stay good because that battle of florida is so much fun yeah, that was that was the thing I said in preseason. I don't know if I said it on this show, but I definitely said it on Locked On Lightning that it was about time that these two teams were good at the same time because you really need that Sunshine State rivalry to get going. And, and this is the kind of thing that, you know, the Lightning, they did get the outdoor game, but this is the kind of thing that gets you an outdoor game where the NHL finally says, all right, let's put one on the swamp and figure out the ice later. That'd be a nightmare. <laughs> I like where your head's at. Because I've I, I was able to watch the Battle of Alberta for years, thoroughly enjoyed it. But that playoff series blew out any Battle of Alberta game I got to see while I was there. Yeah. All right, let's look at Montreal. We have to look at Montreal because Carey Price is available, and yeah, I know he's got a knee and whatnot. But well, we all have knees. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> Surgery. Surgery. <laughs> but I just – I struggle here. You, I know we talk about all the options, but that dude has been in Montreal, and no offense to the Canadians fans, but they've not done squat for him in front of him for a long time. Well, I guess the argument would have been made was P.K. Subban at that point, but you shipped him out the minute you, you had the chance. Which I mean, granted, which was, was, was again, a good move. Was a good. I move like Shea I, Weber. That's fine, but yeah, I, yeesh. Because PJ ended up in the Stanley Cup Finals in Nashville. Yeah, a year later. And my, my issue. Big, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. My biggest issue is that Paul Byron is being unprotected because in that playoff series, this whole run, he was by far one of their best players outside of Caulfield and Suzuki, because he does all three phases of the game. He back checks harder than anybody I've ever seen. He blocks shots. And he's also always in the right place. He's in front of the net. He gets scrappy goals. He always just finds a way. And just with something I say protected, I would have rather protected him over Josh Anderson. Yeah. And the thing that kind of is a head-scratcher, yeah, I get that Price has a big contract, and, and especially with the, the cap constrictions this year, that's something that, you know, if you can get him off your hands, that's great. But you're you're kind of – Unless Montreal is going to make a move for another goaltender, are you, you telling you me have, Jake Allen is your future? Yeah, no. that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is is Jake Allen your future? Like, uh, 
the Blues didn't think so, and they kept betting ten and shipped him out. And I, I guess to Ryan's point, the thing that would hold me up about taking Carey Price because the other goalies that are available is Paul Byron sitting there for free. Yeah, like that. Especially when you look at all of the other guys that are like goaltender wise. Some of these teams are going to get bit in the butt because they thought their goaltender might be more enticing. That now I'm good. I got so many other options. You left too many guys exposed that that you shouldn't have, frankly. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and don't tell me that the GMs didn't talk to each other about who they were going to release before the lists weren't dropped. <laughs> so, what what was the yeah, conversation let's pull that, that was back had? Real quick. Let's pull that curtain back yeah. real quick. There ain't no way in hell that thirty teams or twenty nine teams did not at least somewhat in their trade discussions go, oh, yeah, that's because these guys are trying to trade for players. So if you're asking if a guy's available, then you know that they're going to be available in different scenarios based on these lists. Like this, you're playing Clue at this point. Was it Colonel Mustard in the kitchen with the knife or was it was it Professor Plum in the observatory with the, with the pipe wrench? Like it, you're playing Clue. Put your people yeah. in, the, in the envelope and figure out who's on, each, who's on each list by going through and doing your due diligence like you do every offseason. Find out who's available. Find out what the markets are. Well, that's why it also depends on your relationship with other GMs in the league. If you don't like or a GM doesn't like you, they're not they're not going to give you very accurate information, and they might try and fleece you and send you yeah. down. They might try and send you up a creek without a paddle. So really, you do have to be careful about who you're taking advice from, and you have to know you can trust them, because otherwise you might get burned. It's almost like... When we talk about this stuff, it's like it applies to regular businesses where you should not burn bridges, kids. Maybe we keep relationships with things that, while they're not beneficial at this time, could come down the road bite us later if we were to end it in a negative fashion. Something to keep in mind, because that's exactly right. If you have bad relationships in the league and you're getting a bunch of false info, you're going to look like a real big dummy come the time everybody else's stuff comes out, and then you come out looking real bad. Which, not to knock specific franchises that we talked about already, I can't help but wonder if that may be what happened some in Minnesota because there's just, i confused. Nashville yeah, confused. Yeah, and, and then there's 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 lists like that that are just head scratchers, and then there's teams that, for the most part, got off lucky that didn't have to protect players. We spoke about it a little bit. I mentioned it. Rangers don't have to have to protect Shesterkin because he's not eligible. I mean, Minnesota, Montreal, Montreal yeah. has a whole list of guys they didn't have to protect, and they still left some guys open to this show. Another interesting thing to consider too is, as a GM, if you know you're going to have to be in a contract dispute with certain guys. Like you look at a team like Nashville and the fact that they exposed Johansson, Duchesne, Eric Hall, those, all those guys, you're, you only are losing one. So at least whoever you don't lose, if they try and say, I'm worth more, you at least look at them and say, I didn't even think you were worth protecting. So you're not worth that at all to me. Yeah. So that's the other is the game inside the game was recognized that not all of this, some of this is a calculated risk that, all right, I'm going to lose one, but at least the ones I do bring back might recognize you're not worth what you think you are. Maybe pump the brakes, up your game a little bit, and bring a little more to the table before you start trying to ask for more money. Yeah, and, and you're right, Ryan. I think that some of the guys that are left unprotected, this is kind of an ego check for them. Because yep. they're especially when their their contract time comes up, their GMs are gonna bring that up. They're gonna say, Weren't you left unprotected two, three years ago or a year and a half ago? What's changed since then that makes you a player that we want to sign long term? Especially, you know, because 
who knows when they're going to be able to raise the cap. It, it might be a couple of years before they do it. The best example of who did that? Go look at the Islanders unprotected list. A guy like Josh Bailey, Sezikis, Eberly, Palmieri. And, and those are some of the most beloved players on that team too, which is surprising. Exactly. Yeah. So that truly, like, outside, like, you knew they had to take bars off because otherwise you're losing him easy. But that just shows you that, all right, I'm willing to lose one of you because you guys aren't worth as much as you may think you are. Yeah. And, and, and Well, that's also Lou Lamarillo just not giving yep. two shits about what people think about him. That's what it really comes down to as well. So I think this is an interesting conversation that brings me to something else I wanted to discuss that is the protecting or not protecting of free agents that are – ufas right now because there's there's some if the seattle were to draft a ufa i believe you guys can correct me if i'm wrong on this they get exclusive negotiating rights for a certain amount of time before anybody else can talk to them which is i think the reason montreal protected armia because he's a free agent this year and although if you're going to leave price and byron unprotected they, again, we're back to Ryan's. You can only lose one. So where do you guys stand on protecting or not protecting UFAs in this? Either one. It honestly depends yeah. on what you think you're getting out of them. So if you're a guy like – if you're Washington, you know he's not going anywhere. Yeah. So why would I not? I can protect an extra guy who I don't want to lose. I'm losing nothing because I know he's not signing. He's trying to get his doctorate in Russia right now. He does, he's living life. He's thoroughly enjoying Washington, or he should go back home. So why? It's no concern whatsoever with a certain guys and other guys. You may not feel they're worth the burden of exposing someone else. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I also think that protecting UFAs is kind of a waste of time. I feel like if if they haven't decided whether or not they're going to sign with you or resign with you, then it should be fair game for any team regardless. I think you're just to a certain point it's, you know, for example, if, you know, you guys kind of shot down the idea I had about OV possibly coming down to Tampa, but for hypothetical reasons, if, if they were to protect OV, which they didn't, and then he doesn't sign with them, then you just wasted a protection spot on a, on a, on a guy who, for example, with Colorado Atlanta Scott, if they protected him and he doesn't re-sign and negotiations fall, fall through, you're wasting a spot. So I think maybe, obviously, we're not going to have this expansion talk every couple of years or so. I think uh, Deputy Commissioner Daly said that they're pretty much done after this team for, for a while now, unless they expand to England, which is a whole other conversation, an episode that we could have about Let's that. Let's not do that right now. I'm uh, not the NFL. And I, I think that still, you know, maybe they should have the conversation for f- possible future expansion drafts to maybe change that. Because I think protecting a UFA is really stupid because, I mean, granted, the Lightning didn't protect Coleman, and but the chances are of him re-signing are very slim. So that's also it as well. Uh, and the, my only point to that, and the reason I brought that up is because we talked about the game within the game as far as the mental side. If you do protect that UFA, are you telling him that we value that much? So now are you putting yourself behind and pay, having to overpay for him? Or is that telling him, hey, we value you as protecting you, so we really you, you should resign here? Like, how, how does that play out in your guys' mindset when that works, Adam? Well, I think that these guys, they each side has a dollar a dollar amount that they've they've already determined that they want to be at and so 
I think regardless if if Say It Again Network started a hockey franchise and then we had to had to leave guys unprotected for, for an expansion draft or whatever and we were at a crossroads with you know, with, with Ryan's contract and he decided that he wanted more and, you know, say it again once wants to sign for less and they unprotect him, you know, or they protect him. He's already predetermined in his mind to some degree whether or not he's gonna resign or not. So I think I, I think it depends on the player as well. I think it, it depends. I think the younger the player it is, I think it means more to them. It's kind of a vote of confidence between the franchise and the young player. So I think it's also a situational basis. And you also have to understand these GMs have been talking to their agents already. So there's certainly cases where it's all right, look, we're going to take care of you, but we would rather wait till after this to get a deal done because this way we can leave you unprotected. They're not going to take you. You're not going to sign with them. This way we can protect a couple other guys that we really want to who are going to help us maybe go try and win one. But if we lose, our chances are hurt by, and we know you're signed, we're going to sign you and take care of you anyway. So if you're having those conversations outside of it and you already know and you're in a good place with that agent or that player and they don't want to leave and they, this is their home, they're happy, you can go and do a little bit more. You're a little more free to do extra stuff because you're not – you don't have to sign these guys right away. That's You have plenty of time to get this contract done before it's time to report for camp. Yep, and those are all I, – I, I have zero to add because I was just curious on the input on those two, and I agree with basically everything you guys said. It, it provides them with different looks. All right, let's do this. We're gonna we're gonna try and keep this one under you know seven hundred hours of listening for you guys this time. So we're gonna do this little exercise, and then we're gonna wrap up and get out of here. And we will be back again this week because the expansion draft is Wednesday night. So we'll be back again after that to talk to you more about this. What I want to do now is you pick the player from your team that you are either most surprised or most irritated with being unprotected. And then the one in the league that caught you the most off guard. And let's not all try to have the same one on the caught off guard thing. Ryan, you can go ahead and go first. Okay, so at least from the lighting, the one I'm most disappointed in being left unprotected is Yanni Gord. Now, when you look at the list, there's not anybody on here who I would have traded for Yanni, unfortunately, which is the problem. Except maybe Steven, but you have to protect Steven and Cooch. So that's the biggest issue. That's Tampa's problems. There are too many good players. So that's who I was most disappointed they didn't protect. I'm going to have to take a second to find my biggest that's surprise. Right, Adam, can, Adam can give us his either either for the Lightning or the Rangers since he's got a couple of allegiances here. Why don't I shift over to the Rangers then just because so we could change it up a little bit. Um, as for the availability, who they, who they didn't protect, um, I'd have to say probably I'm a little annoyed by them not protecting Colin Blackwell. I thought his pairing with Panarin this season really elevated his game. I think that the Rangers realized that, yeah, Zibanejad had a slow start to his season and eventually woke up towards the end, but really you still saw kind of remnants of just certain times during games, and I got to – I had the pleasure of actually going to a game this year, and you could see he just – he's a slow starter. And, and the, the Rangers had the luxury this year of not having to protect a, a bunch of guys. Keandre Miller, Shesterkin, guys like that who are super talented and, you know, just new to the league and the future of the team. So, really, I, I would have liked to have seen Colin Blackwell be protected. I really think he's going to get picked by Seattle. I think Seattle would be kind of 
it would be a bad step for them not to pick him. Um, on the other side of that, they just traded for Barkley Goodrow, so there's that lightning connection as well. They just gave him a big deal today. Very, very much deserved, though, and, and I, I think that Ranger fans are going to love him. But I could also see Seattle veering towards him because he is a hot commodity. He's coming off two straight Stanley Cup wins and being a huge part of those teams uh, just with the added depth. And I'm very tired of hearing people tell me how he was just a role player. He's a role player because that team is loaded front to back, <laughs> as we just discussed, with not being able to protect enough guys. I'm, I'm I like, was, stop with these I was discounting telling, players. Yeah, I was telling a bunch of Ranger fans here up in New York that he is going to be the best second, third line forward that you will have ever seen in your franchise, in, in your in your lifetime. <laughs> it's It's so irritating to listen to, well, yeah. It's like when you guys, when people used to talk about some of those extraordinarily deep Blackhawks or Kings teams that went three and four lines, you know, a decade ago that, oh, well, he was a third line. Well, yeah, that means he's probably a first or second liner for your team. If if you're judging by the fact that you finished at the bottom and they finished at the top. So for me, with the Penguins, it's hard. The slot that I don't love that we used is Mike Matheson, but at the same time, like, we don't have anybody else really that we're protecting. He played out of his mind, and I can't hate on it. The forward that I really am disappointed is available is Zach Aston Reese, just because I like his play style at this point. Um, I think they're probably going to take Tanev if they're going to take somebody like out out of that grouping that's available. It's probably Tanev or Cody CC. Don't forget about him. Yeah, and and I'm okay with honestly with CC. I'm okay. I would rather have Matheson over CC, so I'm I'm okay with that for on that end. It's just tough with this list because. We ended up protecting Jeff Carter and, and who we acquired late last year and whatnot. And Malkin being injured, you have to do that. So it also led to us trading Jared McCann, or he would have been available on this list also. So uh, that's the probably the guy that I'm most frustrated we lost is Jared McCann, and it's because of the expansion draft that we really lost him and had to trade him like that. So I guess it would be him for me, frankly. Um, what's the surprise in the league, Adam, for you? The surprise, uh, I I would have to say it was probably Carey Price. I I just think that he kind of revamped himself this this playoff series, this playoff, this last playoff run. Um, uh, we spoke at the top of the show just how how a big party is of this franchise, and it's weird to even think of him possibly wearing another sweater other than one with a Habs logo on it, but. Um, you know what? That's just the nature of the the expansion draft. We we kind of set it a couple of years back with Mark Andre Fleury when he he went to Vegas. It was kind of a weird situation, but um, who knows what's going to happen? They, they with the talk surrounding the issue with his knee and him getting surgery, they might they might back off and just he might stay with that the Habs. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I absolutely think he's not going anywhere. I think that was the case where they went to him. And with the surgery he is going to get and the money alone, like he's due $11 million as a signing bonus. I think they asked him, look, are you willing to waive this? We can also protect Jake. And he said, absolutely. I think that just shows what a good guy Kerry is, how much he loves his guys, how respected he is in that locker room, that he was willing to do that to protect somebody else. My biggest surprise in the league was two guys kind of tied for it. It was Kakanen in Minnesota and Holpe in Vancouver. Like I know Holpe didn't have a great year, but if you're Vancouver, you're out of your mind if you think you have any chance rolling Thatcher Demko alone. And I like Thatcher, but he's not a number one goaltender yet. And Braden Holby, if you give him a decent enough team, he's going to get you a lot of games. 
right? He's very good. He's a Stanley Cup champion, and he stands on his head most nights. And outside of the games they lost due to COVID, those are freak situations that aren't going to happen again. So if you can revamp your team and have some good guys in front of them, I would much rather have Braden Holpe. I can't believe they left him out like that. So I'd have to take a look at his contract and see if it's just ridiculous that no one could afford it. But I was very shocked to see his name up on the board. The, All right, the so- other name that I'm at. Oh, sorry. Uh, the other name that I just want to kind of throw in one last time that kind of surprised me just because he's he's a very good role player was Alex Wenberg with Florida. You know, his numbers aren't exactly flashy, but he's a great supporting player, and we saw how well he played against Tampa and throughout the season. And I'm surprised Florida is going to allow a guy like that to be available and possibly to be taken. Florida had a few guys like that that I was shocked by, which kind of just shows how many good players and how they get everything out of everyone they have on that team. Because there were a few guys I was shocked to see available. Yeah, like Noel Akari. I'm surprised he was left unprotected. Noel Akari is my boy. I love Noel. Frank Vitrano as well. I couldn't believe that he was out there. So here's mine. And mine is St. Louis Blues forward Vladimir Tarasenko. And I know he wants out of St. Louis. And I get all that. But how can you get nothing for that dude? If they take him, you get nothing for him. I, I, we've, we've talked goalies. Obviously, Carey Price caught me off guard. Those were some of those were surprised. But that one, for a guy that you drafted and went and, and have invested in, basically, like you can't lose him for nothing. And they're going, if they take. My only point is unless you have floated his name out in conversations and too many GMs are concerned about two shoulder shoulder surgeries in, what, three years, four years, it's not easy to go because you want to get something for him, but not a lot of teams are going to shell out what you would hope to get for that guy. So if you have talked to other teams and no one is willing to trade with you, because it takes two teams to trade, and if no one is willing to give you anything and he's already said he won't play for you, Sometimes you just have to cut bait. Like you're you're wasting your time. You're not getting anything. I, I understand your point and I agree with you. But in my mind, what that says to me is that they've gone and they've floated it out and they've tried some things and just no one's no one's nibbling. There's not getting any bites. Or that they've reached out to Seattle and Seattle's very concerned about those the sh- shoulder surgeries. That makes sense, I guess. I just I can't fathom getting zero for him. Even if it's not as what you want, getting a bagel for him seems dangerous at best. So, all right, guys, does anybody have a wrap up? Any things to keep an eye on out of the realm that you're expecting on Wednesday night? Expect chaos. Uh, And I think it's absolutely ridiculous that Vegas doesn't have to give up any players. I agree. I I don't like that. They're not getting their chunk. They don't get any. They're they're not giving up any. They're not getting any dollars. That hey, you don't like that? Uh, you there's one guy to talk to about how that negotiation went down. Mr. Well, Batman. I well I think that if if we're gonna allow that, then I think cer- certain franchises. Well, any franchise should have been allowed the op- the option to to maybe um, not get their chunk of the pie for this upcoming season. You, you can't build a team that way. The problem if you do that, Tampa is saying, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not we're not losing anybody. We're good. That's Penguins exactly, are like, yeah, I'm fine. Exactly why I said it. Penguins are out. Rangers are fine. Devils are out. Lightning are out. Panthers, Panthers are, are out. I mean, 
I just think they've been in the league too long that they they're too established. They didn't need this little help. Like they no, negotiated they it before it ever occurred, and the, the commander in chief of the NFL approved or NHL approved it. So I know, but I feel like when they negotiated, it felt like this was going to happen sooner, and then the COVID year really messed with timetables a lot. That, that yeah. I agree with, but I and think so they, they got extra breathing in the room they weren't expecting, which is why it's unfair. Yeah, and I think the NHL gave them that deal not really expecting them to be as successful as they are. Exactly. So, to that extent, I can't I can't go there logically because the NHL set the rules up in that first expansion draft to an extent where if they failed, they literally would have had to try to fail. Yeah. Well, they wanted them to be competitive. I don't think they expected them to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. They didn't expect the rest of the GMs to lose their mind and forget what they were doing? Pretty much, yeah. Or they didn't read the books the whole way through and didn't read the rule change. Like, I don't – the way that that Vegas expansion draft went still to this day, I just feel like half the people didn't even know what was happening. I was I was at NHL.com at the time that happened, and I could tell you as things were unfolding, we're just looking at each other as – and we're supposed to be in the know about this stuff when we're just looking <laughs> at each other. Like, what in the hell is happening right now? William Carlson. Well, William Carlson's getting selected. <laughs> and I don't think people realize there's not we're not done with trades that are gonna be made. Ryan Graves move, Jerry McCann move, these are all moves that are those are just the beginning. The, Seattle's gonna get paid things to not take certain guys and take other guys that we're not even talking about on these lists. And on top of that they, Sorry, go, go ahead, Adam. No, go ahead, Ryan. They're also getting to draft what are they, second overall? In the, second, uh, second in round one and three and in the rest of the draft. Yeah. So th- those draft picks are going to be valuable trade pieces as well. They can do a lot of damage this first year. Because they don't need to draft anybody. Exactly. They don't – unless there's someone they're absolutely falling in love with. I don't think they have a scouting department yet. That anybody's banging on the table for anybody in particular. You can make some moves that other teams who might be a little desperate – Look at the Calgary's. Look at the uh, those teams that already seem like they're going to lose their minds at the draft. Calgary, especially. I, w- I would try and target Calgary so hard. Well, they're going to have to do something, especially if what we talked about, notes pre-show, occurs with the three guys that they protected. I guess we should briefly touch on that. Ryan, you think there's three guys on that list they're trading? Yeah. I think Johnny Gaudreau's gone. I think Sean Monaghan's gone. And there's a chance that they might be dumb enough to lose to Chuck as well. Losing have, Matthew I, Kachuk while losing those two guys in front of that would be is catastrophic. It, too strong a word. No, it's the exact right word. And I have friends in Calgary who I think this would cause them to burn their jerseys and become Edmonton Oilers fans. Woof. Or Seattle fans. They, I don't think you can still cheer for this team if they do that. I mean, what you're saying is all right. We failed. We got to hit the reset. Reset again. After you just hit the reset. I mean, again, what was the last time they made the play made it out of the first round of the playoffs? They're almost like Toronto at this point. Or they even make the playoffs. I would struggle to remember if they've made it out in my lifetime. I, I can remember, and it's a personal reason why I remember is because Bob Hartley was the head coach. Was the ah, last you're right. I, I remember time. that now. You are correct, <laughs> sir. I forgot about that year. That that specific year. And then they fired him later, so hey, you know, success. Here's your walking papers. Yeah, we're good. We don't we don't want to win. Our bad. Yeah, so the- with that, guys, um, we will be back probably Wednesday night or Thursday to uh, get some uh, 
reactions to whatever on God's Green Earth takes place over the next 72 hours, because it's going to be a circus. Uh, set your Twitter notifications on, because you're going to need them for certain places. It's going to be a complete madhouse. So with that, follow everybody on their social media handles, the podcast most notably, at SIA First Line. Uh, the network, follow the network, say it again, network, please, thank you. We appreciate you. Follow Mr. Dinker, Dinky Dink, D-N-K-Y, D-8-N-K. Follow Mr. Ryan Feaster, Ryan underscore Feaster 19, and myself at KThen16. We will talk to you guys later this week. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.